Hi, Dave Kovar here, and welcome to the Satori Lifestyle Podcast. I'm excited. Today's podcast, I believe, is our 25th episode, and the title of this podcast is The Six Human Needs. And these six human needs, my understanding is they originally come from Sigmund Freud, uh, I kind of tweaked them a little bit, hearing them from Tony Robbins and and then applying them to my martial arts business. But I think the rules that I want to share with you would apply to any type of social group. So if you're involved in a rotary or something along that lines or any service group or youth group or, or church group, uh, family, any time that you want to really, uh, retain a group of people over the long haul, uh, I think these, these, uh, rules apply uh, quite effectively. And once you understand them, uh, you can really see how if you've been involved in some group and you had a hard time keeping people like in my business, uh, teaching a martial arts school, every time uh, I apply these six human needs to, to people that are no longer training with me, I can find out, I can look and I can see, I can see one or two of those, uh, that maybe I, I lacked one of these needs with the, the person in question. And had I really addressed, uh, these six human needs in all my students, they would, <laughs> chances are they might never quit. Right. So the first human need, and, and there's actually three sets that are kind of our, our polar opposites. The very first human need that I want to talk about today is the need to fit in. Now, uh, I want to talk about what exactly that means, right? So you think about uh, any time if, you, if you're a parent and your child, man, what do you want them? They go to school for the first time or they go to new school. What do you want them? Man, you want them to fit in, right? You want them to feel part of a team. Or uh, if in our, in our uh, business, it doesn't matter the age. It might be a child or an adult. They come in to a martial arts school. It's kind of intimidating, Right. And so the first thing that we can do, the sooner that we can get someone to feel like they fit in, like they're part of the team, man, that's one step to being able to help them and keep them for the long haul. Now, how might I do that? Right. So so first and foremost is one of the things is is creating an environment where they feel very welcome. Right. They walk in and, and automatically, you know, whatever. uh uh, whatever group that you're a part of, the whole intention is when someone comes in, if you're trying to grow that group, that is, when someone new comes to that group, you want them to be, a, you want to have created a culture to where everyone in this group sees someone new and they welcome them, them they invite them in. Uh, there's somebody uh, that I go to a health club every morning, the same health club for over 20 years and the gal at the front counter's name is Grace. And Grace has probably been there for 10 or 12 years now, maybe longer. But Grace has this way about her. She's very graceful. She has this way about her. When you come in, she makes you feel a part of the team. She makes you feel welcome, right? And and it's one of those things that even just as simple as when she says hello, when she first sees you, when she says goodbye, she doesn't let you leave the place without saying goodbye. So you feel like you're a part of that morning team. So what can you do to have someone if, if you'll fit in one of the things that we'll do like i said if we have a a new student in the class first thing we'll do is we'll introduce him to everyone else you know in in the room right and also like with something like martial arts the sooner that we can get them in a uniform so they they fit in they look like the rest of the people in the class man uh, that's really powerful as well you know it's like one of the things about Y'all remember when you were a kid and you got your soccer uniform or your little league uniform, that was a big deal because you fit in. You were part of it. You had the look, right? So there's a lot to be said for for having, uh, you know, when the, the whole college team is walking through uh, the airport, uh, you know, the college uh, soccer team, and they've all got the matching look. They might go, oh, I got to be, you know, I got to wear the matching uniform. But in deep down inside, in almost every case, they're happy to do it. They're fitting in. They're part of the team. So that's the first thing you can do is make sure that the people that you want are part of the team in any way, shape, or form, right? And uh, 
Number two is just the opposite of that, and that is to stand out. And by the way, stand out for the right reasons, right? Not stand out because they did something foolish. Chances are most of us have a memory of growing up and, and, and having being called out in front of their peers for uh, doing something foolish, right? Or, or, or I remember in fourth grade, the girl that sat next to me, um, she didn't, uh, all of a sudden in the middle of the class, she raised her hand. She wanted to be excused to use the restroom, but she didn't make it in time. And all of a sudden there was, uh, uh, I just feel so bad for this girl, you know, so, so there was this wet spot that everybody saw, right? Uh, all around her at desk and people were moving and well, for the rest of the school year, she, boy, she stood out, but for the wrong reasons, boy, she got, and I'm guessing, uh, you know, that name calling, I actually transferred. That was when I was living away in Boston for a year. So I don't know how it went, but my guess is that's something people remembered for a really long time, right? So when we're talking about standout, we're wanting to stand out for the right reasons. What are we talking about? Public acknowledgement of a job well done. All right. So one of the things, for example, within our program, what we'll do is at the end of a first lesson, if a student did a good job in their class, we are going to award them their white belt at the end of the class. So they're going to stand in front of the class. The instructor is going to call them out. Everybody's going to pound the math. They're going to do a drum roll. And we are going to welcome this new student to be getting their black belt. Now, by the way, it's not just for kids. It's for adults, too. Right. And that's we're acknowledging them for a job well done, for a good effort. Right. And I think also this is super important that that we go out of our way to uh, a publicly acknowledged job well done uh, on a regular basis. You train your eye to do that. One of the things in our teaching program that we try to really encourage and talk about is public praise, private reprimand. And so often what happens, uh, well-intended teachers, what they'll do is they'll call out somebody in front of their peers for something they didn't do well. Now, inevitably, there's some coach or or teacher uh, right now that's thinking, oh, yeah, I've done that before. And I'm, by the way, I've done this before too, right? As a matter of fact, years ago, I was doing a, a video for uh, uh, M. Maya, Martial Arts Success, uh, uh, and uh, Martial Arts Injury Association, excuse me, and I, I was doing a, I still do it. They, they, this was 20 years ago though, and, and when we first got started, I would do this whole half hour how to teach video for other martial arts school owners. And and in this video, in this half hour, I would give a teaching tip and a message of the week. And the message of the week, I would gather some kids uh, down and I'd have them sit down and I would give them a message of the week. It might be on courtesy or respect or something like that. And then at the end of it, what I would do is I would, I would uh, give a teaching tip. Well, on this particular day, we had just shot four videos. And, and the way we would do this, this was a live two camera shoot with a professional film crew. And, uh, and what that means is that we had two cameras going on for different angles, but the, 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 the person that was editing it was producing, was editing that on the, when, so when it was done, it was done. So there was no back to studio editing. It, it was done. So we didn't cut and paste. It was a straight half hour. And anyway, so everything was going well. And I just got done talking about, uh, uh, praise, correct praise, and uh, and uh, excuse me, I just got done talking about public praise, private reprimand, and how the importance of man. If a kid does something right, let everybody know. If they do something wrong, uh, uh, you know, kind of pull them off to the side. Well, and then after that, I do my. Uh, I do mess my message of the week and I pull all these kids together and I'm giving them a talk. And these kids have been helping me now for a couple hours and their attention span is waning and they don't realize this is like a live shoot, right? And this one kid, while I'm giving the message of the week, is picking tolent out of his toes. And it was like, ah. So so I get through it as best I can. As soon as the camera goes off, uh, I walk in front of everybody and there was the parents and there was the producer and two camera people and the assistants. I go, Bobby, if you ever 
pick toe lint out of your toes again during a video. I don't know what I'm going to do. What, what did I do? I publicly did not praise him. I publicly humiliated this kid. As soon as it came out of my mouth, I probably wouldn't have even been aware I did it, except I just got re- just remember that literally three minutes earlier, I was given a talk about public praise, private reprimand. Boy, did I open mouth, insert foot. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, for me, that was a really pivotal moment because it's one thing to talk about public praise, private reprimand, uh, you know, to get people to stand out for the right reasons, but it's another thing actually to practice that. And, and I'm not saying I've never done it since then, but I'll tell you what, I'm really confident conscientious about if I see somebody doing something incorrectly as a teacher to not draw attention to it, uh, unless that there's a good reason. Like maybe if I'm teaching a black belt class and someone's doing something, you know, incorrectly, a stance is a little wrong, uh, you know, I, I might make an adjustment, but it, but it's not anything that's personal. But generally speaking, uh, if someone's doing something right, shout it from the rooftops. So I, I tell you what, uh, in any work environment, this is one of the key things that I think for some reason not enough employers do with their team. And that is is just shout out a good job for a, a job for good work. I remember another story and you guys all have your stories. Um, I'm 12 years old, Little League, Coach Corsi. I was a mediocre baseball player at best, at best. And I remember one particular hit, uh, one particular game, I, uh, Coach Corsi um, often I would play th- just three innings. Sometimes I'd play the whole game. But this particular game, I'd stayed home from a Boy Scout trip so I could make this game because we were in the playoffs. And and so Coach Corsi played me the whole six innings. And the the first three innings, I uh, you know I, I I struck out. In the last three innings, I ended up getting two base hits and driving in the winning run. Yada yada. But here's the deal. Okay, which was cool. But I remember the next practice that he stood me up and said, "Hey, everybody." Dave played like a pro last week. He was the player of the week and maybe everybody clapped. Well, okay, the fact that I remember that, that was 1970. This is 2019. You know, that was a 49 years ago. It's pretty telling, right? And so the deal is, is that any chance you get, any chance you can to, to shout out, give a shout out for someone around you for a job well done. By the way, parents, this goes for you too. Okay. By the way, it's got to be real and it's got to be sincere. It's not going to work. So those are the first two. Fit in, stand out. The next two, or the next one, I should say, is the need for certainty. The need to know what's going on. What does that mean for the need for certainty? Years ago, I don't know if it's still on, but there was a show called Blue's Clues. And Blue's Clues, what made it unique is they were on five days a week, but they showed the exact same show five straight days of the week. And and nobody had ever done that before. But what had happened was is kids would stick around and watch it every week. They, they knew what was going to happen. They enjoyed that. Just like how many of you guys have seen your favorite movie or if your parent had a child that saw the same movie a bunch of times. They know what's going to happen, but there's a certain amount of joy that comes from certainty, a certain amount of, of, of security, I guess. Okay. Uh, so what do we do in our business? A certainty is, is the, what does that mean? To know what to call the instructor, to know where to put the shoes, to know, uh, the basic warm-up routine that I know what this is, right? Uh, there, there's a comfort in that. That's why if you're some kind of a, if you're a coach of any kind, it's nice that your people can all do the same warm-up in a set way. There's certainty in that. Okay, it's really developing habits. Like, for example, although my workouts vary every day, my warm up never changes. Uh, I do the same. Well, it never changes. It, it deviates five percent every now and then, right? Based on maybe time or if I'm out of you know if if I have a mat or not. If I'm out of town, it it might be different if I'm in a hotel room than if it, that if I'm on the beach or on the on the. You know, 
in the grass or on a mat. You get the idea. But all in all, my my routine, my warm up, my first ten minutes is exactly the same that I've carefully structured. Well, something like that should also happen in your business group. There's a there's you know a, there's a habit that all you cover all the bases, and this allows you. Uh, it's kind of like when you were first learning the English language, you learn the ABCs, right? You know, you practice those over and over until you got them down. And it allows you then to be creative, which is the second half of that. And that is, so the fourth human need is the, is the need for variety or uncertainty. Something different, right? Surprise. So uh, thus, you know, a really well laid out movie, there's a surprise twist in it, right? It isn't the same all the way through, right? Uh, so we've all had somebody that all of a sudden, uh, I know when my kids were little, one day we we uh, took them out of school without them knowing what was going on. We put them in a car and we it, it, and guess what? We woke up. We did it. They, they woke up. And they were in Disneyland, right? And that was something just just variety, something completely different. I know in the classroom, what we will do is is a chunk of every class. We really work on doing something unique and different, and we call it disguising repetition. And that is, is they may still be working on a front kick, you know. However, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna find way to some way to disguise that into some drill or game that is fun and enjoyable, so they get something different. Okay. So you want you want them to someone to if you're a part of a group and you're hosting a group of some kind when people leave your class they, they're talking to their friends you you want them to say you know what we did today boom and have it be something uh, completely new and unique and different so let's review so far what we have number one the need to fit in number two the need to stand out number three the need for certainty number four the need for variety uh, number five growth. What does that mean? People feel want to feel like they are improving, like they're getting better, like they're moving forward. Now, here's what happens. Uh, have you ever ran into a, a niece or nephew that you haven't seen for six, uh, you know, six months or a year or longer? Now, they, chances are they grew, right? Now, chances are they didn't notice that they grew, nor did their parents, their family notice that they grew because they're seeing them every day. But because you, you've been away from there for a while, your perspective is different. Well, what does this mean? If, you, if you're a working, teaching in any environment, chances are if your people are coming on a regular basis, they're improving, but they're not always going to see that improvement. So, so what is that? It's up to us for a couple of things. First off, acknowledging it when we see improvement. If, you, if I see a student that's become more flexible or can do more push-ups, I'm, gonna, I'm going on my way to notice, but I'm going to comment on it, right? Uh, I'm going to go out of my way for them to notice growth, right? Uh, and this is also different ways that you can reward people. Uh, so Napoleon Bonaparte, when someone asked him one time what made him a great general, one of the things he said, he says, uh, I learned an amazing thing that men will die for ribbon. And the concept is, 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 is that, you know, uh, this is partially the standout part, but also the growth part. And that is, is that feeling like they're improving, feeling like they're getting better, right? And thus in martial arts, that's why we have tips and belts so that we can really track that. But beyond that, it's so important that, that, that you, you go out of your way when you see someone in your circle, in your area, that they're improving, you let them know and also have some, the more tests that you can devise so that they can actually see growth, boy, the more powerful that's going to be. And the sixth human need is the need to contribute. Now, you can really look at uh, um, habits uh, five and six as get and give. Growth is I'm getting, give is I'm giving back. So contribution, the need to contribute, the need to feel like I'm, I'm, I'm supporting and helping. Here's the deal. Uh, 
you know, none of us want to be taken advantage of, right? Uh, I remember I've had times in my life, and I'm sure you have too, where someone maybe I was willing to help out. Uh, my my instructor, my original martial instructor is an amazing guy that I have a great relationship to this day with. Um, I got to tell you though, you know, when I was younger, I, I did a lot of free teaching to the point where getting kind of, I saw a lot of people getting burned out. And now he didn't consciously mean to take advantage of it. There was a need and I was around. So he had me fill that need. And at first it was cool, but it got old after a while. So one of the things that we do with like our new instructors coming in, especially our volunteers that are just learning the ropes, is that we don't overwork them. We have them, if they wanted to help out three classes a week, we never have them help out more than two classes a week. I want them doing a little less than they want to, right? So that that that, that uh, they don't feel like they're being, you know, overwhelmed, so to speak. So back to contribution is that even like if you have, like in our case, what can that, uh, that kid that's seven years old that's been training for two months, how can they contribute when they come to the school, well, I'll give you some easy things. They can show the new kid where to put his shoes. They can be an example for everyone as to what a warm up is. They can show that to take the new kid and introduce him to other people. They can, they can go straighten out the pads over in the corner. People want to contribute. If you've ever been a part of a potluck, right? You know, and used to have everybody, all right, everybody needs to tank, bring this dish. Very few people really go, oh, I don't want to do that. Most people look forward to contributing and helping. Okay. So I, I look at it like our instructor training program. And when, when we have done the best with, with really developing good instructors is when we gave them feedback. So we really covered growth and contribution. We gave them feedback on how they were doing, uh, and, but we allowed them to help. So we were really addressing those two needs. So people want to be a part of something. And that's why if you look at so many uh, different uh, church groups that are 100% uh, volunteer, right? Because people want to contribute. Of course, Wikipedia, I believe my understanding is that's 100% volunteer. People want to contribute. They want to be a part of something. So here's my question for you, okay? Uh, so let's go through those six again. So we have fit in, stand out, certainty, variety, growth, and contribution. So if you were to think about uh, a group that you're a part of, which one of these jumps out at you as lacking, right? Especially if you feel like, and, and I, I know there's some martial arts professionals here, okay, that are listening to this podcast. And, and so you're running a martial arts school and you're having a hard time growing. I was talking to a gentleman last week who's been in business for seven years. He had us 100 members. And it, is 100 members good or bad? It, 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 it totally varies, right? Uh, on, you know, how big your school is, how much your rent is, what you're trying to accomplish, you know, how big your community is. But in this particular case, it's not where he wants it to be. He wants it to be bigger, right? So he wants to grow it to 200 by the end of the year. And a couple things I had mentioned, and we're stuff. Number one, you've been in business for seven years, and all of a sudden, are you going to double the size of your business in a few months? I don't know. I mean, I'm saying you can't do it, but one of the things that you have to do is you have to do things differently. And so I had him really, I brought up these six points. Are you addressing these six points with your current members? And if you are, you're going to, you're going to help get there. But if not, which one is lacking? Because until you can really, you know, uh, make sure that you're balanced between these six, you're going to have a hard time growing your business. And so I would challenge you to, once again, if you, if you are in the martial arts business, is to pull out your roster of all the students that have quit in the last year and put the names down there and apply those names to these six human needs. And chances are you're going to see that where possibly you are negligent once or twice or in one or two areas. I know every time I've ever done this, um, with our with our student list, uh, because certainly we can improve our retention as well. I've always been able to go, oh yeah, had I done this with this person better? Uh, 
chances are I would have been able to keep them longer. So um, I hope you find these valuable. I find the six human needs, it's been a really good help in really developing our, our, our core program to a level that, that's been able to sustain members. And I hope you find them valuable as well. And I, I really sincerely appreciate you being a part of the podcast. And, and pretty soon in the next couple of podcasts, I'm going to be starting to uh, interview others. I wanted to make sure that, that the, the first uh, 25 at least I did solo because I felt like I had a few things I wanted to share with you first. And so uh, thanks for being a part of it. And please tell your friends. And uh, I'm checking off now. Bye-bye.